This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu. What does it mean to be a successful oncology nurse? How can you learn to be okay with poor patient outcomes, even when you deliver exceptional care? Today, we'll learn about this and more. Let's do it. Hey everyone, I'm Eliza Joy. And I'm Ryan Larson. Together, we will explore nursing careers and professional insights. With exclusive interviews for nurses working jobs that you want to know about. Transferring info from one nurse to another. This is The College Handoff. Today, we'll get to hear from oncology nurse Heather Barney. She explains how she helps the oncologist as a nurse and the best way family members can support cancer patients. After that, Yvonne Ellison will explain her role as a nurse investigator. Let's get to it. Today, we're delighted to have Heather Barney with us. She is a registered nurse at Hutzman Cancer Institute and a recent graduate of the BYU nursing program. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Heather, let's start with something really simple here. Uh, How did you get interested in oncology to begin with? Yeah, so I was interested in oncology actually from the time I was in nursing school. Um, At one point during nursing school, I was talking to my sister's friend, and she was a nurse, and she told me how she worked in pediatric oncology. And that always, that kind of immediately stuck in my mind, and I always thought about it, thought it sounded like something I would love to do. So during nursing school, I thought a lot about it. For my capstone, I applied to work in the um, primary children's um, cancer unit, and I got my capstone there. And I really loved um, working in the immunocompromised unit at primary children. So I knew um, that I liked cancer. And um yeah, when I graduated, it was during COVID and the cancer unit wasn't hiring. So I got a job at the U um, and something totally unrelated in the med surge unit and um, still just had that thought that I want to work in cancer. And so after I had worked for about a year, I then started looking at jobs at Huntsman and was able to find kind of the perfect job that fit what I wanted to do with nursing. And so I I was interested in oncology um, just because I went into nursing because I love people and I love relationships. Um, but I also wanted a job that challenged me um, intellectually. And so I think for me, oncology is the perfect marriage of those two things because cancer is something that's always changing. There's always research going on. There's always opportunities to learn, but it's also a field where you're able to develop a really um, strong connection and relationship with your patients. Um, So I just, I feel like oncology is the perfect, it's the perfect fit for me to kind of combine those two things that I love in nursing. I love that you found something that's a perfect fit for you. I know, um, at least in clinicals, it can be kind of overwhelming and frustrating to find something that is uh, fit for you. In case there are other students out there that this could also be their perfect fit, uh, could you share with us some of your duties or what does your typical day look like? Yeah, that is a good question. So I actually work in a clinic. I work for a medical oncologist. So 
cancer treatment kind of has three branches. There's the radiation oncologist, the surgical oncologist, and then the medical oncologists. Um, and the medical oncologists are the chemotherapy doctors. So the doctor I work for does chemotherapy and she does women's cancer specifically. So she does breast and gyne cancers. So um, cancers like ovarian, cervical, uterine, over, um, yeah, all those gyne cancers and then breast cancer. And my duty is basically to help a patient navigate through their, um, the chemotherapy side of their care with cancer. So a typical day, it kind of looks different depending on the day, but um, when the doctor I work for, when she, well, before she has clinic, I prep everything for the clinic day. So I go through the list of patients we're going to be seeing um, and individually I see, I make sure everything that needs to be done is scheduled and has been done. So if they need their infusions, I make sure their infusions are set up. If they need scans, I make sure those are set up. I make sure they're getting the right labs drawn for their appointment and just make sure that they have everything good to go for their appointment that they have with us. And then um, the doctor, she'll have her clinic and I am able to go in with her to all of her appointments. So I sit down with the, um, with her and with the patient, the patient's family, whoever, and I just listen and I make sure that as the doctor's going through everything, everything is then gets done after she leaves the room. So I make sure if she talked about getting any scans done or I make sure the chemotherapy schedule is all in place. I make sure that's all set up. And then I am kind of the point person for all of the patient's questions. So if they didn't understand anything she said, they have questions about kind of care going forward. I'm the person who answers all those questions. I do all the chemotherapy education so what they can be expecting to go through with chemotherapy, how to handle um, the side effects and everything like that. And so that's what a clinic day looks like. I'm with the doctor and all her appointments and just helping the patient navigate everything. And then the days the doctor isn't in clinic, I am, like I said, kind of the go-to for the patient. So I answer all their calls with their questions. I do a lot of triage. So if they call me and say, I'm having this symptom, should I be concerned? I have to kind of triage them see if they need to see what they need to do or help them manage their side effects. I answer a lot of messages. I carry out any tasks the doctor gives me. So um, those non-clinic days, I kind of do lots of different duties. And it's great because on the days I'm not in clinic, I can actually work from home, which is a nice little perk that not a lot of nurses get. Oh, I like that. Are there other Heathers? <laughs> I mean, either other people that do the same thing that you're doing, but just do them for other providers? Yes. Yeah, so every every doctor kind of has their own nurse or sometimes they have a couple nurses. But for, so I specifically just work with um, her name's Dr. Kelly and I am her nurse. So I and I work with just her and just her patients. Sometimes I'll cover for another nurse if they're gone, but each provider has kind of their specific nurse for their team. I uh, gotcha. That makes a lot more sense. I was kind of worried about your workload. I thought maybe there for half a second, it was just you with the entire floor. Oh, no, no, there's, I don't even know how many providers there are in our clinic. There's probably 30 or 40 and each of them has a, a nurse or two. So 
I just do it for one doctor. Gotcha. And you must be working with other providers as well. There must be some other interdisciplinary groups involved. What other providers do you work with? Yeah, that is a great question. This job is crazy with how many different people I work with. Um, So obviously, I'm working really closely with the doctor. Um, I work really closely with the pharmacist that we have on our team. Um, I work with the other cancer doctors, so like the surgical oncologist and the radiation oncologist. I work with, um, with them and communicate with them. And then I work really closely with the social worker, but then there's also case managers that we work with. I actually work with insurance companies quite a bit, dietitians, home health agencies, hospice, home care, um, tons of people. And then obviously the patient and their families, I work with a lot, but I am kind of the go-to for everyone. And then I have to figure out who they should actually be talking to. I love that you have a, a subtle, but important leadership role for sure. I mean, that can obviously be pretty demanding and maybe it's obvious to our listeners, but I mean, what makes this type of line of work so rewarding? Um, I think the thing that keeps me going in my job, like I said, the reason I went into nursing is that I really love um, to build relationships and I love to um, be with people. And so that's the most rewarding thing that I feel like I'm able to do in my job is um, form those relationships with patients. I learn so much from each patient as I watch them go through something really challenging because obviously a cancer diagnosis and cancer treatment is um, probably, it's one of the hardest things that a lot of these people will go through. And so I learn a lot about each of these patients about um, strength and bravery and what's important in life and how to be kind. And it's just really special and impactful to be able to kind of go through something hard with them. But that's also what can make the job challenging is that um, I really do come to love these patients because I am spending a lot of time with them and I'm getting to know them. And it's hard to watch them go through um, something really difficult. So that makes it challenging, but it is also really rewarding to feel like I'm making a really meaningful difference in um, a hard time in their life. Wow, I love that. Heather, how does understanding the healer's art help you in patient care? Um, that is a very good question. And I think, like you said, it kind of goes along with what I was saying is most rewarding in my job. Um, I, Like I said, I'm working really closely with people um, that are going through one of the most difficult times of their life, and they're really scared and vulnerable. And, um, oftentimes when they're going through something hard or scary in their chemo care, I'm the first person that they, um, usually talk to cause they'll, they'll give me a call. And so, um, understanding how to treat someone with compassion and love and empathy and patience, um, has been so important in my job cause, um, I have to help them feel comfortable and cared for and safe and feel like they're going to be okay. And so it's been really important for me to um, look at recognize each of these people as a person and that they each have their own individual story, their own cancer journey. They have 
personal lives and they have situations and um, recognizing that and understanding that and looking at them um, kind of through the the eyes of a of the perfect healer, looking at them in a Christ-like way and treating them with that Christ-like love is really important to help them feel um, to help them feel safe and and cared for. And um, I think for me, I've realized in nursing that the best way to help a patient isn't just to treat their symptoms, but um, to help treat or to help them feel loved and cared for. And that's when you can really become a great nurse is when you um, look at a person as more than their symptoms, but look at them as a person and treat them as such. And um, yeah, so it's her, that's, that's been important for me in this job is to look at each person like that and treat them, treat them like a person and to love them and care for them. And that's helped me, I think, be better at this job and be able to get through um, some of the harder days. I love that philosophy. Heather, just to pivot for a second here. Uh, I know we're in October and October is typically associated as breast cancer awareness month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and women tend to get lots of messaging about this type of hard topic. I'm wondering though, what type of message do you find yourself sharing with the families of these women? Breast cancer is a lot more common than I think we realize about I think it's 10% of women in the U.S. will be diagnosed with breast cancer at some point. And so encouraging the people that you love or, um, to get their screenings done to make sure they're aware of that. And then I also think it's important when you know someone with a cancer diagnosis, um, make sure that you are um, there to support. And sometimes I think we feel awkward about cancer you don't know how to handle it because it is such a hard thing and we just kind of want to ignore it sometimes but I think being um there for someone when they are going through that and finding ways to help them individually figuring out what their needs are and supporting people as they go through that um that fight so well that's tender uh definitely some heavy and important conversations that that you have there and I think it's it's good that we're talking about this in such a frank manner. As we're wrapping up here, what tips would you give to nursing students that are maybe also interested in oncology? Yeah, um, I think oncology is, if, if you're interested in oncology, definitely look into um, all the different facets of oncology. There are so many different ways you can, um, so many different things you can go into with oncology and nursing. You can go um, you can do inpatient. I thought I wanted to do inpatient. So when I was working at the U, I would um, pick up a lot of shifts in Huntsman just to see if I enjoyed it. And I realized that wasn't for me. Um, so I kind of looked at different things that you can be an infusion nurse, which is interesting. You can work in a clinic like I do. So I think just looking into all the different ways you can um, be involved in oncology and finding kind of what fits your um your passions and what you like doing the best and i think you can find um the perfect fit for what for what you want and um yeah i'd say if you're interested in it go for it and look into it i think sometimes it was hard for me because i would tell people i wanted to do 
oncology and they're like, that's so depressing and sad. Why would you ever want to go into cancer? And sometimes that was discouraging, but I don't think, so just don't be discouraged if people tell you it's too sad um, because it's not, it's a really rewarding job. Well, thank you, Heather. We're definitely grateful to have you on our podcast for sure. I imagine that there are some students that maybe have questions and maybe they want to learn more. Is there a way that they can contact you, perhaps on LinkedIn or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Reach out to me. I love to answer questions. I'm totally open to that. So it's Heather Barney on LinkedIn. Well, Heather, thank you so much for being on our podcast and sharing these insights. Uh, I know this can be a little bit of a heavy topic, but really appreciate your insights and helping nurses make future decisions on what what they want to do with their career. Yeah, I really, I'm passionate about my job. I really love my job. So I'm happy to talk to anyone about it. And um, yeah, I just encourage all the nurses out there. You can kind of, you can find something that's perfect for you. And so if you don't love your first job or if you're trying to figure out um, what to do, just know there's, there's something perfect for everyone and you can find it. Well, Heather, thank you for your insight and, and sharing your thoughts. I think this is great service that you've provided to uh, the BYU College of Nursing and also all the nursing students that are maybe considering oncology as well. Thank you so much. The BYU College of Nursing recently added belonging as one of its nine values. As such, a new animated video series was released to showcase the core commitments. Each brief video clip contains a definition of the value, a scripture verse to support it, and an example of it in action from a faculty member or nursing student. To view the videos, visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash BYUnursing. So today on our podcast, we have Yvonne Ellison, um, and she is a nurse investigator. So Yvonne, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. You received your nursing degree through UVU, but you attended BYU to study nutritional science and chemistry. So I'm wondering, was there an experience from your time at BYU that made you realize that you wanted to be a nurse? At that time, I was more interested in medicine. There was a class in the early morning that about 730 in the morning that um, introduced and, and talked about how to prepare for medical school. And I love science. I've always been interested in learning more and improving my knowledge in the world of medicine. So my original goal was to be a doctor. And most most people on campus were in that direction as well. <laughs> so I want to ask, you work as a nurse investigator for Utah. Um, can you explain some of the things that you oversee and maybe what a typical day looks like for you? So you bet. So I work for the Office of the Inspector General, and our primary job is to oversee Medicaid billing to determine that to determine if our spending is appropriate. We look for anything that that might be either fraud, waste, or abuse. Um, so our job as nurse investigators is to review the medical bill claims to see that it's appropriate. We have to understand medical coding. We have to understand the disease process and be able to make a determination of whether or not the care received matches the claims. It was appropriate. 
and that the vulnerable population is being served appropriately. What kind of training or certifications did you need to be in this role? So when I was invited to work with OIG, they were looking for nurses with experience. So a minimal of five years at bedside so you can understand the disease process, understand patient care. And from there, they were willing to train and provide us more direction. It's one of those careers that you come in and you, you have a little bit of knowledge and you build on it. So the requirement was within a year's time to receive a certification through the AAPC, which is the American Association of Professional Coders, the CPC, to understand medical coding. So I took a class at the Slick Community College and was able to sit for a test. It was about five and a half hours and I was able to pass in the first time. And you have to also maintain that certification, which requires CEUs of about 32. So most people that have their CPC will do continued education through an affiliation, affiliation with a chapter. And so the local chapter that I belong to is organized of um, officers and, and members from the community. The officers get voted in every year. And I'm the president currently for the AAPC Provo, Utah chapter, and, um, and will be for next year as well. It's a great opportunity because I get to communicate with, with people who are in the same profession. We network and, and we also bring in speakers to give a presentation on medical coding. And so been able to meet people from throughout the United States and bring them to, to share their knowledge with the people in the group. So that's one way we keep up with our certifications. Um, I want to get more into depth on some of what you said. So can you explain what the AAPC is and how students can get involved with that? Absolutely. So AAPC is an American Association of Professional Coders. When a doctor provides care, when a procedure is done, anything that has to do with healthcare, a coder looks at what was done and translate that, translates that into an alphanumeric number. And that number is understood um, across the ways with other professional healthcare providers. It helps with billing. It helps with understanding the care that was provided for that person. And if it's coded appropriately, then, um, then it helps with the claims processing that it's done appropriately. It's kind of a way that the biller, it helps the, the professional organizations within healthcare to understand what was done and um, keep track of it, pay appropriately. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I think that answered it really, really well. Um, so you talked. You've talked a little bit about what you do, but I know that some nurse investigators um, look at complaints of potential violations of the Nursing Practice Act. Is that something that you do at all? Not really. So what we do is we look for fraud, waste, and abuse within healthcare. If it's related to Medicaid, we can investigate it. So the nurses can pick their own projects 
and on their own focus on what to review. We are required by law to extract two and a half percent of hospital billings to see that it's appropriately done. Um, some examples of fraud that we look for is maybe double billing, unbundling, altered medica medical documentation, misrepresentation of procedures or conditions that were um, billed for, um, kickback um, or bribes that are done in order to uh, receive gain. Um, maybe somebody needs a, doesn't really need a wheelchair, but um, someone knows that if they have a Medicaid number, they can bill for it and um, and the person who didn't really need it either doesn't get it or they su are surprised by getting something they didn't really need. And so we look for, for that would be more of a form of not only fraud, but a waste because taxpayer money is now gone to pay for something that wasn't needed. And yet someone benefit, someone else benefited from it. So our job is just to look at the integrity of, um, of what was billed. Um, our motto is uh, trust but verify. So it's not so much investigating a nurse who might have done something incorrectly. It's more looking at the billing process of Medicaid, making sure the integrity of, of the system is working. So our job is mainly looking at the integrity of what's happening to, to ensure that it's being done in a way that's responsible, that it's done appropriately, and that it's being done, right? Because sometimes, You'll have, and this doesn't happen very often, but you do have a provider who maybe in the beginning had great intentions, but at some point, something happens in their life. They need more money. They're recognizing that maybe healthcare isn't as lucrative as they thought it was going to be, that they deserve more, and then start to cut corners and start thinking about ways to make it a little more beneficial for them. And then that, that actually turns into a problem because now they're giving bad care. The consumer or the patient is now not being taken care of and someone else is lining their pocket. So they, they are what we call a bad actor. And so it's important in healthcare and as in any business to ensure what we're paying for is what we're getting. The trust but verify element is what we do. Um. What are some of the most prevalent issues that you come across as a nurse investigator? So it's kind of interesting. So there's there's two parts of our team. So we have the nurses on the program integrity side, and their main responsibility is to look at billings that has been extracted and, and look to see if there might be a problem. Maybe, um, maybe somebody is billing for more time then they can justify. Uh, maybe, maybe the biller is is putting down that a person that the doctor has worked um, with a patient who needs a lot of help, and they're saying every patient we saw today took a lot of the doctor's time. Each of them took half an hour, forty five minutes to an hour, and yet you look at the billing time and you think that's impossible because if if this truly happened in one day, you would need thirty six hours in that day in order for that to be true. The process is 
by law, we're required to extract so many billing claims and to review them. And so what a nurse does is they take a look of a list from the data of possible transactions, and then we request the records. We have a record person who will request those records. They come in and we review them. We look at the code and we look at what should have been done for that medical code. And if we see that it was done in the wrong setting, or maybe there's not enough to justify a 45 minute visit or whatever it was that the doctor is ordering. So then we'll write down our explanation and request a recovery of the funds. And the doctor or the hospital or facility will have the opportunity to appeal and say, well, wait a minute, this is what we thought the code said, and this is what we did. Can you help us understand where what is not correct? And then, then that goes to a settlement conference um, or a hearing. And so we'll talk with their representatives from their compliance team, and then we'll explain to them what was incorrect. And, and sometimes we learn things. Sometimes we have the wrong perspective. And, and sometimes it's a matter of educating them. Well, the law changed at this point, and this is what the provider manual is explaining. This preauthorization was not done, or this was not done up to code. You're billing for a higher amount than what it's supposed to be, or this patient really wasn't sick enough to be in the hospital. You probably should have done this as an outpatient. And so at that point, we're either giving education and helping them to, to um, bill correctly so they will withdraw the last bill that they did and then correctly rebill it. So it's a matter of education. It's a matter of collaborating between us and other healthcare workers. What kind of led you to become a nurse investigator? Like, um, what kind of convinced you to go down that path? That's a great question. So originally, as I shared before, when I went to BYU, um, I was a convert and I wanted to be in an environment that had um, other members. And I had heard about Brigham Young University and I was excited when I was accepted and I started a pathway towards medicine. Um, I had taken a Chemistry 105 class, which is a very challenging class, and met my future husband. We worked hard in trying to to learn chemistry and uh, fell in love and got married. And then my focus changed. It was no longer going into the business world. We wanted a family. And so after much prayer, I became a home mom. I did finish my degree. My husband went on to be a school teacher, a park ranger, and a tutorer. And at one point, um, he got really sick and needed a bone marrow transplant. And it didn't look like he was going to survive. At that point, we had six children. Our youngest one was a newborn. And the thought came to mind, what happens if he doesn't live? How am I going to provide for our family? And so the back of my mind was thinking, what can I do with my degree? It was nutritional science, chemistry, nutritional science with a chemistry minor. And I knew that it would require additional education to make my skills um, some that I could um, provide for my family. And that really wasn't an option for me to, to go back into seeking a degree in, in becoming a, a doctor. And as I reflect on what to do, I watched the nurses and how well they cared for my husband 
and how much time they spent with him and all the compassion and the professionalism. And I thought, this is something that I could do and, and still find that balance between being a mom, caring for my family and providing for them. Yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing that story. Um, as we're finishing up here, was there any advice that you'd give to current nursing students? I, I, when you invited me to, to do this podcast, I was thinking, what can I share with a new nurse? If I was that new nurse, what information um, could I receive from, from a person doing the, the interview? And, and something that kept coming back into my mind is, one, life is what happens when you plan on something else. But two, it's so important to, um, to keep learning. And, and I remember um, a reflection. So if, you, if you're willing to learn, I really feel like if you keep Heavenly Father in the equation and you're willing to keep learning, he opens up the doors and he's willing to, to guide us. And, and life may not be in the direction that, that you think it should be in, but if you trust him, he sends you to the right direction. I... Um, I truly thought I was going to either go into medicine or finances. That was the other thing that I really liked. But Heavenly Father had a different plan for me. And and I could have been grumpy and said, I can't believe that this is happening in my life. I, I did everything I was supposed to do and my husband is sick and dying. And now what am I going to do? But I chose to um, to lean on faith and say, Heavenly Father, this is where I'm at. Um, what do I do now? I'm willing to walk. Help me get through this challenge. And then, then I thought of my friend who did CNA work. And then, um, and then the same thing in the other areas. As I came across a challenge of what do I do now? I need to be able to provide more for my family. I'm not quite making ends meet. Then a door opened up that said, hey, I'll pay you $10 more if you come learn this skill with me. And then another opportunity of, um, I need more skills. And then new opportunities came up. Um, when, when you think something is um, not quite the way you want it to be, if you trust the Lord, um, he says, wait, just trust me on this. I, I, I know you think you want to go that way, but trust me, if you come this way, you're going to have some skills that, that are going to develop that you didn't know you had. And you're going to be in a better place. That was awesome. I want to thank you so much for sharing those principles and insights from your experiences. I think they'll be really beneficial to our to our nurses. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show today. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, and I hope that, that there was something in there that, that can help the new nurses. Um, I do appreciate the opportunity to to talk with you, and I hope that you have a wonderful afternoon. Yeah, you too. Well, as I enjoyed your interview you had with Yvonne, I guess I had never realized that even in the bureaucracy of the government, uh, there are nurses behind the scenes working to make sure that care is being distributed in an effective manner that is efficient and equitable across all communities. Yeah, I think it's interesting um, when you hear about a job of a nurse investigator, I think 
um, their role kind of sounds like something that a computer geek would do from their basement. But um, I think it's really interesting that they have nurses working in these roles that have practical experience that can, you know, make sure that all the ducks are in a row. (laughs) (laughs) No, for sure. Definitely. And I also enjoyed Heather's interview. Uh, I I thought it was interesting to hear just her explain some of the, the complications and the nuances that go behind the scenes with, uh, oncology and cancer patients, uh, it definitely is a difficult position, but she seems to handle that position quite well. Yeah, um, I, I think the phrase that's coming to mind is detail-oriented queen. Um, <laughs> it must take um, so much care and patience to be aware of the treatment plan for, for each of the patients that are coming in. Absolutely. I always thought, I mean, cancer is cancer is cancer, but the reality is, I mean, every treatment is very different and you have to be on top of that and be a detail-oriented queen. Well, thank you all so much for joining us on this week's episode of The College Handoff. You already know what to do. Stay tuned for next week. See you then.